Okay, so we are up to um, the end of Kriyashma, really. Uh, actually, I shouldn't even say the end of Kriyashma. We're up to, we're up to Kriyashma. We're going to finish off Kriyashma pretty quickly. And then from there, we'll go into the bracha after, uh, after Kriyashma. So just a couple of uh, interesting things about Shema itself. Again, we're not going through the, the particular translation of the uh, of, of Kriyashma, and we're not even going to spend so much time in terms of the structure. Just some interesting things which uh, which I which I came across uh, this time through. So one thing is that on the words Shema Yisrael Hashem Okein Hashem Echad, and these words itself. So the word Shema really, ooh, the word Shema over there. So is so this is a Rashi Tevis, believe it or not. It's going to be an acronym which tells us many things about what's expected of us when we go ahead and we read this pasuk. So the first one is the words, Se'u marom enechem, lift up your eyes to the heavens. So that's shin mem ayin, so that's the Rashi Tevos for that. Then, this is all from the Abu Draham, Abu Darham. He says, Lemi, so who exactly are we lifting up our eyes towards? So they have another Rashi Tevos, Shakai melech olam. So God, who's the king of the world, once again, Shin Mem Ayin. Amasai, when do we go ahead and lift up our eyes to Hashem? Shachris Mincha Arvis, when we say Shmoness, when we have a conversation with God, both by Shachris Mincha Arvis, that also is all three of those are uh, hinted to in the, the letters of Shin Mem Ayin. And if you go ahead and you do so, Imtasakach, Tekabel Alecha, and if you do so, you accept upon yourself, Ol Malchus Shamayim, so that's the letters Ayin Mem Shin, that's the word Shema backwards. Shushma so this is something which is interesting that the Abu Dharam was able to find embedded in the word Shema was the idea of, uh, of connecting to Akadosh Baruch Hu in prayer, the time of prayer, when we say prayer, all of those uh, different things. Okay, now as far as in the, uh, after we get past the first Pasuk, the first Tupsukim, so then we have the paragraph that you have in front of you over here together with English of the Havtas Hashem Elokecha. So here in the, in the commentary that's found in the Siddur, Otzer HaTfilos, so he goes ahead and he makes an interesting Ha'ar. We're going to actually see this in two parts. But he says, HaParsha Zos Nemer Belashon Yachi. So this Parsha, the one which you have on the screen in front of you now, so the language is singular. It's all speaking to an individual. Because this has to do with, it describes the proper beliefs that one is supposed to have, as well as the process of bringing that belief into one's heart, taking it from the intellectual understanding of God into the emotional feeling of God, the, 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 the heart connecting to God. And it's well known, just like you don't find two people who have the exact same appearance, two people never look exactly the same. So too, their thinking process and the way their heart is going to process information, the logic of their heart is also never going to be exactly the same between two people. So it seems pasha to you, it seems obvious to you and clear to you, and not even a question. So to another person who's on the screen here, they may find difficulty with that or struggle with that exact same idea. 
So since this parsha has to do with believing in God and principles of belief, it has to be presented to each individual separately. Uh, each person according to their intellect and according to their emotional connection to God. And therefore, that's why this paragraph specifically is written in the singular. So that is, as far as that paragraph is concerned. Now, interestingly, when we get to the second paragraph of Shema, you see right off the bat, it says, the Hayayim Shema Tishmu. Right? So people who know something about grammar, you, you'll notice that the word tishmu is already in the plural. So the second paragraph of Shema, by and large, it, by and large is written in plural. And in the, uh, the, the, the sefer that we've been working, the more academic work called the Nesiv Bina, so he says that, um, so he makes this point, that primarily this uh, second parsha of Shema is written in the plural. So this paragraph primarily is written in the plural, but there's going to be two psukim, lashon yachid, anumotzim bepsukim, 14 and 15. So there's two psukim, however, that have to do with, um, here's 14 and 15, Where'd it go? Uh, right, these two psukim over here. I don't know what that, those numbers are. Um, and you'll teach your sons. It says, All of those are in uh, singular. Uh, is also in the, the singular. So he says the reason is because those psukim ponim because these things have to do with the uh, the reward which you are going to uh, which one is going to uh, to receive and no sorry not these two psukim sorry 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 um, it's going back over to um, these two psukim. Those numbers in the English side threw me off. These two psukim over here have to do with the reward which one is going to receive for listening to Hashem. So that is in the uh, the singular, uh, as well as I think Laman Yerbu will probably be the other one which he says. Nope, nope, not there. Um, okay, there's one other pasuk. He says is going to be um, a similar type of thing, a similar type. This is the last. I believe this one is what he's referring to. Uh, also, which uh, has a singular language to it, but primarily it's going to be in... Uh, in the, in plural, uh, because this is talking about uh, general uh, uh, obligations, uh, uh, shared um, obligations which we have of listening to uh, to the mitzvahs. So mitzvahs, the way we perform mitzvahs, the obligation to perform mitzvahs. So this is something which is pretty, which is universal. 
And therefore, since it's something which is universal, so that's why it's able to be written in the, in plural language. The way he breaks it down is, he says, a So the Parsha, this, uh, this section, this paragraph begins talking about the reward for those who keep the, the mitzvahs. And then, Then it goes on to discuss, uh, that's from over here, it goes on to discuss what happens to those who are going to go ahead and violate uh, the mitzvahs and the, uh, the consequence of, of that. So that are these two psukim over here. And then, and then from here, it goes on to command us to go ahead and put uh, the word of Hashem on our heart. The Choseres, and specifically it mentions over here as it goes on, it mentions the mitzvah of tefillin, that's going to be over here. And then you have Limur Torah is Let's go. That's going to be the mitzvah of Talmud Torah, and then Uksivas Mezuzah, and then you have the Pasuk of Mezuzah. It's going to be over here. And then Aparsha Mistayemes, and then the paragraph concludes, Behavtachas Chaim Aruchim, the Eretz HaYehuda, is going to be the promise of long life in the land of one's, uh, of uh, the designated land of the land of Eretz Yisrael. So that is as far as the structure of the second paragraph is concerned. And now in the final paragraph of, of, uh, of Shema, so there's a whole discussion that the postman has, the Gemara has, why exactly we mention this Parsha of, of, of Tzitzis. We'll call it the Parsha of Tzitzis. So, uh, but we say, uh, but uh, some of the Mephoshim say that, um, uh, so in the Gemara, Rabbi Yudah, uh, Barchaviva says, that it contains five, or according to some uh, versions, contains six important ideas. And the first one is obviously the mitzvah of tzitzis that occupies the beginning of the, uh, the partial year, basul hem tzitzis. So obviously that's talking about the mitzvah of tzitzis. And then you have yitzias mitzrayim. Um, that I took you out of the land of mitzrayim. All mitzvahs is basisem is kol mitzvosai, is that you're going to go ahead and you're going to do all of the mitzvahs. Das haminim tells us, that's where we say, velo sasuru, acharei levavchem v'acharei neichem, asheretem zonim acharei, not to wander after your eyes or your heart. And then uh, you have, which includes, here are there and here are uh, Zara, that's thoughts about the list of relations as well as, uh, as well as uh, uh, idolatry. So these are the themes which you find here, which make this uh, particularly important. And we know that uh, the um, uh, that the, this paragraph also not only does it remind us of the mitzvah tzitzis, but this paragraph also is very important because it helps us to fulfill the mitzvah of zechira tzitzis mitzrayim. This is one of the ways by which we recall the the Exodus, which is a biblical mitzvah, which is which is something which comes from the Torah, and therefore that also. Is something which occupies a very important, uh, a very important place. Okay, so now the um, so the over here. So now we move on to the bracha after after Kriyashma. So the bracha after Kriyashma. So this has a lot of interesting things uh, to it, and that is that. Uh, 
checking this thing. Um, okay, so the uh, the Gemara Brachos tells us about the uh, the importance of, uh, of of saying Shema afterwards, and it says. Hold on. Um, yeah, so the Gemara says, Somebody Somebody who does not say the bracha of MSV Yatsiv in Shachris, that's the bracha after Kriyashma Shachris, MSV Muna Arvis, or the bracha of MS Muna by Marv, Lo Yatsa. So the person is not going to be, uh, it does not, is not Yotze, does not fulfill their, uh, their, their obligation. And the basis of that, let me just grab the Gemara. Um, oh, here. So we say that Rashi explains that Birchas Emes V'yatsiv, which is the bracha that we say now in the morning, Kula Al Chesed Sha'asa Imavoseinu. So the main theme of this bracha following Kriyashma, the bridge between Kriyashma and Shmonesreg, is the theme of the Chesed which Akadosh Baruch Hu does for us. Shotzia Mimitzrayim Ubakalem Haviram, that he went ahead and he took us out of Mitzrayim. He split the sea and passed us through. And he is the ongoing one who goes, who uh, who uh, who uh, who uh, takes care of the Jewish people in all of their uh, their troubles. So this is something which already from the uh, the Gemara we are uh, we are familiar with. And then the tour goes back and writes as follows: This is the tour in Samach Vav. So he says, shachris. He says the, the same idea, but he adds to it. He says that Chazal enacted that we should say the bracha of Emes V'yatsiv in the morning. That he went ahead and he redeemed us. He, he allowed us, like we read in last week's parsha, to go through the sea on dry land. And he went ahead and he had our enemies uh, drown in its midst. V'isa b'yushami, and the Yushami now tells us that amongst the themes which we have to mention in this bracha are uh, uh, you have to remember Yitzias Mitzrayim, the Exodus, and Malchus. The fact that Hakadosh Baruch Hu is the Melech, we'll see that uh, some many hints to that shortly. Ukriyas Yamsuf, we mentioned the the splitting of the sea. Umakas Bechoros, the fact that Kashbarhu killed the firstborn Egyptians, Vitsuyi Sovagalo in the fact that God is the rock of Israel and their redeemer. Um, okay, and the MS Muna will uh, will save for uh, when we get to uh, Mar Emir Sashem. And uh, in the um, the way that In the way that uh, the uh, in the world of prayer, the, the way Revelio Monk writes it is, he says a fascinating idea. He says that the Jew has taught man to feel God's nearness and to turn in prayer to Him. The Jew has found this direct approach when we say Elokeinu Avoseinu. So this is so it's not only the God of our ancestors, but it's also our God on a personal level. It's something which we're going to identify personally, not just collectively as a nation. And the authors of the prayer of the prayers wanted to bring out this idea in ever new and different forms. The idea that we're supposed to connect on a very personal uh, uh, manner to God. 
He says, this explains the broadness of concepts in this bracha, the repetition and the elaboration of similar trends of ideas. It conforms to the, I assume this is a, this is a, some other language. It says, let motif, L-E-I-T-M-O-T-I-F. Don't know which language that is. Don't know what he doesn't say. But he says, but it's based on the word, which is the basis of this bracha, according to the, uh, according to, uh, to the Gemara, that we want to go ahead and we not only mention his loving kindness, but lahagid. So the main verb over here is lahagid. What's the significance of that? To tell and to talk about. He says the words of, of his law are alive. They revitalize and enable, ennoble the minds and souls of all who are imbued with them. So here is what we're trying to accomplish in terms of this idea of lahagid baboka chastecha is to go ahead and relay uh, relay those ideas. And now, the Rishonim have a number of very interesting things. I think a very number of interesting things to, uh, that we would, uh, about this uh, particular bracha. We'll just go in the order in which uh, I have them here. So he says that, now you wanna, we'll have to see the text itself. So he says the Sefer called Tanya, not Tanya that the Lubavitchers learn, but the, from the from the Rishonim. So he says Matzasi. A number of Rishonim quote at least initially the same idea. He says that Me'emes v'yatziv ad hadavar hazeh. So here we're going to highlight these words over here. So in after. Sorry for the English in between over there, but beginning with the word Emes all the way until the end of the highlight, which is Dvarazeh, he says, Igeras Achas Haisa. So this is, this was taken from a letter. Nowadays, we would say that it was taken from an email or something, but it was taken from a letter. What was the letter? This is talking about, and according to Savri Shonim, this is in between the first and second base Amikdash, or at the second, beginning of the second base Amikdash, when they may have already been, uh, began to formalize the Siddur and prayer. So from Eretz Yisrael, they sent to Bavel, Sholchu Lagola, Ritzon Chem Lekabel Brachos. Fascinating idea that we're, we're familiar with the idea that one is supposed to say 100 brachas a day. But here the Rishonim learn that this was something which was being suggested, uh, a new innovation, which was going to be incorporated into uh, the prayer life of, the, of, of Klai Yisrael at the beginning of the second base of Mikdash. But the people in Eretz Yisrael didn't want to go ahead and adopt such a practice, adopt such an obligation without the approval of those who were in Bavel. So they sent them a letter. And the letter essentially said, are you willing to accept upon yourselves this practice of making sure to say 100 brachas a day? So what did the people in Bavel send back in their response? Sholchu lahem, so they sent back, and now you follow the words, so this matter which you are suggesting, so they gave it, nowadays we, we would summarize that with a simple thumbs up. That's the extent of what your WhatsApp response or your, uh, your text response would be is just a thumbs up. But that's what they went ahead and they, they responded. Now, what is this response besides waxing poetic and finding all sorts of words saying that we agree and whatnot, and it's dear and it's pleasant and all of that. So where do you see this additional idea of uh, the, uh, the acceptance of this particular suggestion of saying 100 brachas a day? 
So this is something that we, we did some of this math last week, and now we'll finish off the math. So he said that from the, from the beginning with the word viatsiv, all the way until viyafa, so he said tes vav vavin. So you have 15 vavs. So vav is six. 15 times six, we already established last week, is 90. And then the last two words, hadavar hazeh, both of them start with a hey. Hey and hey is five and five is another 10. Haremea. So the words which they said, the email which they sent back, which begins, all the way through Hadavar Hazeh, if you had the first letter of all uh, 17 of those words, I guess, so it, w- it will equal 100. And this is the idea that, that they accepted upon themselves the, uh, the, uh, the, to saying 100 brachas each and every day. And then he says, um, also, I didn't count it up, but he says, also, if you take the word ve'emes also, he says, ve'chein tachshov, me'emes at emes. So you say emes v'yatsi v'nachon, and you begin with that word emes, and you all the way go through to the end of this highlighted section, which is the next time the word emes appears, v'abichlal, up until I'm including, timsa me'osios. This one I didn't count out, but I'm going to assume that he's correct. So you'll find a hundred letters, a hundred letters in that, lo pachos v'lo yoser, which is again, another hint to this idea of the fact that what they were confirming was that the origin of this prayer was a confirmation of this uh, practice, which was being instituted to say a hundred brachas a day. That is explanation number one. And then um, the Kolbo, also one of the uh, the Rishonim, we wrote extensively about the prayer and whatnot. So he writes as follows. He says, also a fascinating idea. He says, so after Kriyashma, we say the bracha of Emes V'yatsiv. She bracha she'achareh. That's a bracha following Kriyashma. Okay. V'zoz ha-bracha nitakna al-derech shlosha parshol shal Kriyashma. So he says that this bracha, which follows Kriyashma, was structured after the pattern of Kriyashma itself. So for example, we say, um, um, when we say, Emes, um, uh, Right, which translates as true is the God, uh, our God, who is the God of the world forever. So that's connected Parshri Shona. So that corresponds to the first paragraph of Shema. She kabos which corresponds to accepting the yoke of heaven. So here we have this confirmation that God, that our God is the God of the universe. Then we say, Ashrei. Uh, Um, so, uh, uh, Ashrei, so it's out of order. I'm not sure why that he doesn't explain. But then when we say Ashrei fortunate or happy is the one who listens, the person who listens to your mitzvahs, that's connected Vayayim Shamoa. That corresponds to the paragraph of Vayayim Shamoa, which talks about listening to the mitzvahs or not. Shikabos Om Mitzvahs, which Chazal say that the, the main theme of the second paragraph is acceptance of the yoke of mitzvahs. And then when we say, emes mimisran ge'altanu, pidisanu, so they have the word uh, emes over here. Now, we, we don't have that word, but according to some Rishonim, they have the word emes before the word mimitzrayim. So actually it is in order. So here we say that this talks about the fact that Hashem redeemed us. So keneged parsha shel 
So that corresponds to the parsha of Tzitz. It's the third paragraph of Shema. Shulahaz Kishanu Avadav that reminds us of the fact that we are Hashem's servants. That he redeemed us from slavery and he took us to be his chosen nation. So that is, so according to the, uh, to the Kolbo, so you have this theme which is going on that the bracha following Kriya Shema is patterned after the three different themes which you find in Kriya Shema itself. Okay, so that is as far as that is concerned. Now, many people, I imagine, are familiar with the practice. Let me see if he actually puts it there. That, um, right, that it's brought down to go ahead and, when we say this word, la'ad, to go ahead and to, uh, to, uh, to uh, kiss the tzitzis and put them down. So we're holding our, our, our uh, we, we take the tzitzis at the end of the bracha, which precedes Shema. We hold it throughout Shema in our left hand. Then we get to the paragraph of Tzitzis. So we bring it into our right hand as well. And we hold it all the way through to Nechamadim La'ad. And at this word La'ad, we kiss the Tzitzis and then we go ahead and we put it down. So where did that come from? What is the basis of that, the, of that particular practice? So he says, so Rav Yaakov Emden writes as follows. Interesting idea. Uh, let me just get to the right page. He says... Base, he says, so actually, he says what's going on is you've got a sandwich which is going on over here. So he says that you have, the beginning of the highlight is the first word la'ad, and then the end of the highlight is the second word la'ad. So the word la'ad, if you do the numerical value, so you got 70 and 30 and 4, so it's 104 times 2, but you don't really need the 104. But if you go ahead and you add the lamed and the ayin together, that equals kuf. So he says, base pa'amin, him kaminyan kadkod. So if you take the word la'ad twice, so that corresponds to the word kadkod, which refers to a person's head, a person's skull. Meaning, techaven lesakin hakadkod. So when you say this line, you should have in mind that you're trying to elevate, you're trying to repair, you're trying to fix your head, your brain. Lachain kan tenashikatsitsios. It's for that reason that part of what you're trying to do is you kiss the tzitzis. And then you place them on, over your eyes, you pass them over your eyes. And then you go ahead and you release them. So what you're doing by this la'ad over here is you're connecting the two of the two things, the kissing of the tzitzis and the bringing them in front of your eyes at this time is a way of, of repairing the, uh, the head. And that's why I guess the uh, access points to the head are going to be your mouth. That's why you kiss it in your eyes. You pass it this in front of your eyes. That's what normally lets things into uh, in, in or out of the uh, of the or out uh, into the into the mind. So therefore, that's why we specifically take it at that time. And a similar idea is also found by uh, in the world of prayer, where the Eliyahu uh, monk, where he writes. Um, um, yeah, so he says the tzitzis, which the worshiper holds in his hand during the Shema and the next paragraph are released after the words la'ad. So here also, it's a fascinating idea. He says, for with these words, the reference to the Shema ends and a new subject begins. And he quotes that in, in the name of the Magen Avram. 
So according to the world of prayer, according to the Magen Avram, up until the word La'ad, so this is still a reference backwards to backwards to uh, Shema itself, and then moving forward, so that's already going to be a new theme or new topics which we, which we go to, and that's why to mark the end of one section, the beginning of the other, so that's why we go ahead and release it uh, at, at that time. Now, uh, now, the in uh, in the Otsar Tfilo sitter, so he goes in and he says, Yeah, so he goes ahead and he points out, and I put it in my uh, I marked it off in my sitter over here. We'll try and go through it on the screen over here. So he Second, yeah, this is the one which we are. Yeah, so this is one of the ones which we are missing. We mentioned over here by the MS. Okay, well, we'll count it out. So he points out. So in the, the one of the commentaries here, which is called Besamim Roj, so he writes because of Harach Bishar Kedusha. So this is Chaim Vital. He says. So he said the word MS appears six times in this particular bracha. So here is number one. Then number two is uh, Yeah, you have the word MS is number two. And then you have MS is number three. And then you have um, MS is number four, MS is number five, and then we mentioned that there are those who have the word MS right before the word Mitzrayim. So he must say, I must say, maybe that's Nusach Asfar that has that, but there's six times that the word MS appears in the uh, in the uh, in this particular bracha, and he says the reason why this is so is Mishum Olam MS. Because when God created the world, he went ahead and he did so using this attribute of truth. And he says that you find in creation itself, as you're going to see, uh, that the, the name of Hashem, this name of MS, is embedded in the Psukim themselves to remind us of the fact that the very act of creation was done with this trait of MS. He says, Sharama Zakas of MS, Besof Tevos Beshisha Psukim. There are six psukim in the first chapter of Bereshis where the letters Aleph, Mem, Saf are going to appear at the end of the Pasuk. So he says, like Bereshis, Bara Elohim. He says in the word Bara Elohim, so you have S. So Bara Elohim S. So the, of, the, of those three words, so you have the Aleph is the end of the word Bara, Mem is the end of the word Elohim, and Saf is the end of the word S. And then you have the, the Pasuk, Vayar Elohim S. There also, Vayar ends with an Aleph, Elohim ends with a Mem, S ends with a Saf. Vayivra Elohim S, also Aleph, Mem, Saf, last, the last letters of those three words. Vayivra Elohim S, another time that appears, Vayar Elohim S, and Bara Elohim Laasos. 
So you have, so you have this idea of Hashem creating using the name of MS or using the attribute of, of MS. And corresponding to that or hinting to that is this idea which of the appearances of the, the numerous appearances of the word MS in this particular bracha. Then you have um, Um, yeah, now this one, we're not going to go through the, the whole thing, but in the same Otsar Tfilos, another one of the, the commentary names is the Iun Tfila. Also another uh, different type of commentary to the Tfila. So he says as follows. He says that Harav of Pincha So he points out something which is an important idea. And when he presented this idea to the gra, so the gra praised this idea. So anytime you could get a haskam, you could get approval from the gra, so you know certainly you're on the right track. And he says, So he says the 16 descriptions which we have, or verbs which we have, beginning with MS all the way until Yafa, right? So MS, etc. Says, uh, he says, Betor Kiyom Vaskama, so he says that if you look in the first two paragraphs of Shema, beginning with Shema, all the way until the end of the second paragraph, so you have 16 psukim over there, and each one of the 16 words from MS Vyatsiv all the way through to Vyafe, so each one of those words corresponds to a Pasuk in the first two paragraphs of Shema. So here also we're seeing this theme, how Chazal, when they went ahead and they composed these prayers, that they go ahead and they, they have themes which are going in. They're not just themes, but they embed ideas beneath the surface, beyond just a simple translation of the words, but to look at how there's 16 words and there's 16 Psukim in those first two paragraphs. And each one of those words is going to go ahead and correspond to one of those. And the Iyun Tfila, so he has a long, uh, Arichus, a long uh, explanation where he demonstrates how we're going, you could go ahead and you could you could find the parallel between the word in the bracha after Kriyashma corresponding to that pasuk which, it, uh, which, which it's going to be connected to. So that's also something which is interesting to be, uh, to be aware of, to be mindful of. And then uh, what I want you to know is um, Um, what do I want you to see here? Okay. So he says that one of the things which uh, which we find, he goes that he mentions from the Kuzari. So I didn't see the Kuzari inside, but he says that the Kuzari goes ahead and mentions uh, five uh, principles of belief. And they are, he says, I don't think that when the Kuzari is doing this, he's necessarily saying that he is of the opinion that this is the extent of the beliefs which we have. But five beliefs we have are, number one is emunah Hashem, belief in Hashem. Number two is emunah b'kadmus Hashem. This is uh, going back to our previous series, that the Hashem is eternal. 
Number three is that the divine providence which Hashem demonstrated and shared with our avos. Number four is Hashem, the fact that Torah comes from Hashem. And number five is Mitzrayim is belief in the Exodus, which obviously was a significant step in the formation of Kal Yisrael as a nation. So he says, the Kuzari says that these five essential themes, again, as we're talking about, as we're getting now, uh, we're right on the edge of beginning Shmonesrei, which is going to, as we've mentioned throughout the series, which is going to be that private conversation with HaKadosh Baruch Hu directly. And we're trying to meditate and get ourselves into the proper mindset and the proper perspective to be able to have that very intimate conversation with the, the creator of the world. So we want to go ahead and we want to remind ourselves who exactly we are talking to and what, the, uh, who, what, what God is all about. So you have these five essential themes that relate to God's existence and the relationship that God has with the Jewish people. And it's uh, important, says a uh, says a. Uh, in the Kuzari, it's essential to go ahead and highlight these five elements of our belief right before we enter into this, that intimate conversation with HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And therefore, in the bracha itself, between, uh, following Kriyashma, before Shmonesme, that final bridge prayer, which takes us into that intimate conversation with Hashem. So this is where we go ahead and we review these ideas. So where do we find these ideas? So we say, um, so first is, we say, So we say that we, we recognize that you are our God. So this, he says, this corresponds to the belief that in the existence of God. Then when we say, So the fact that we say that your name, your name is eternal. So this is a testimony to the fact that God preceded everything, that God is eternal, this is the eternity of God. Ezra Savoseinu, when we say these words, that you were the one who had been the help of our fathers. So this is the recognition, the acknowledgement of the fact that God had, was Mashkiach, was their divine providence over Avram Yitzhak and Yaakov, Sarifka, Rachel, and Leah. And then we go ahead and we say that um, uh, and then, right? And then when we say, Fortunate is the one who listens to the mitzvahs and the Torah and your words he places on his heart. So this is the recognition that Hashem was the one who went ahead and gave us the Torah. And then finally, the last thing that we, uh, the last essential thing is the fact that Hashem is the one who took us out of Mitzrayim and that we have in the words, Mitzrayim Ge'altanu, the fact that you, Hashem, you went ahead and you redeemed us from, uh, from Egypt. So here we have these five essential themes which are being highlighted having to do with our, our belief in Hashem because this really becomes the foundation uh, that uh, by which we are going to go ahead and we are going to enter into that conversation with, uh, with Hashem. And then the last thing that I want to share with you as far as tonight is concerned is, um, yeah. So uh, this is going back to, uh, 
Alan is not here, so we'll have to go ahead and we'll have to remind her. But uh, so uh, one of the ongoing uh, things which we've been uh, focusing on is at what point in davening do we stand? And because we said that primarily davening is really, as we mentioned already tonight, that uh, davening is primarily a meditation. And it's to get us into the proper mindset and the proper way of thinking in order to, uh, to be prepared to enter into that intimate conversation with God. So being that it's something which is, it's not a conversation with God, but it's something which we are doing to meditate, to get ready to talk to God. So davening primarily is done while we are sitting. So ruba de ruba, the overwhelming majority of prayer is done while we are seated in our seats. And we said that amongst the things, the, the times that we're going to go ahead and we stand is one time that we stand, one theme which gets us on our feet is if we're doing something which is Corban related. And then the second thing which gets us on our feet is when we're saying brachos. So birchas ashachar, we go ahead and we say generally while we're standing up. Baruch Shamar and Yishtabach are brachas am Zimra. So we say that while we are standing up. So here, when we're saying Kriyashma, since the brachas before and the brachas afterwards are primarily part of that preparation process to get us ready to be able to... Uh, to have a conversation with God. So this is something which is uh, which we, we continue to do while sitting down. But as everybody knows, so if you look in the Siddur, it says that beginning with the words, Tihilosa Kel Elyon, beginning from here, as before you say these words, Tihilosa Kel Elyon, that's when you're supposed to stand up. So the question is, what's unique? Now, obviously, when I get to Shimon Esrei, I have to be standing up by Shimon Esrei. There's no doubt about that. But before I get to, uh, to Shimon Esrei, so why do I stand up at the word rather than, let's say, or or for that matter, so why do we get up specifically at this highlighted section? So the Lukute Maharich, one of the uh, people who worked on, uh, on, the, on the Siddur in Davening in the, a couple generations ago. So he writes, He says, if you look in the Arizal, he says, Yesh Kavana Alza. He says, the uh, sorry, he said, Sha'at Tihilos Akel Elyon. So he says that up until the words Tihilos Akel Elyon, Hume Olam Hayeshiva. I can't tell you exactly what spiritual worlds are like, where you find them if you uh, try and look on Google Maps, where the world of sitting is. But he says that up until the words Tihilos Akel Elyon, so that all that part of prayer all exists in the world of sitting. The Khan Lamud. And it's from this point on that you have to get up. So to, from beginning with the word this is when we go into full preparation mode in order to be able to say Shmonasre. So this is something which is important that we're now in the final stages of preparation for uh, for Shmonasre. And that's why at that point we uh, we stand up. And then he throws in parentheses over here, also important idea to know. He says, if He says, He says that when you, with that, by, and you see this in some Sidurim, that when you get to Hilos Akel Elyon, not only do you stand up at that point, but you actually take three steps back, meaning you're three steps away from where you're going to, to be for Shmonas, right? The Yamod Sham. And you stand in that place, three steps away from, let's say, right in front of the shtanda for Shmon until you're finally ready, until your mind is ready to enter into Shmon Esrei. And 
And then you take those three steps forward at that point in order to actually enter into Shmona And all of that is done also as part of this using your body in order to prepare yourself for what you're doing. So when you're about to step into something, sometimes as you're going to step to the podium or as you're going to perform or whatever you're going to do. So you're standing back in preparation and then you step forward to actually lean into the, the activity which you're going to do. So we do a similar type, a similar type of practice when it comes to Shmonasve, that we take three steps back as a way of bringing to our attention the fact that we're about to step into something which is very important and I have to make sure that I'm ready. And then once we're ready, once we say those words, so now all the preparation which we needed to do, uh, hopefully we've done already at, at that point. And at that point, we can then take the three steps forward in order to enter into that, uh, that intimate conversation with, uh, with HaKadosh Baruch Hu. So this is where we, uh, we hold it uh, for tonight. And uh, so sometime between this week and next week, what we're going to do is we'll figure out how exactly we're going to handle the uh, structure of Shmon Esrei, how we want to go ahead and do so, how detailed or how broad we want to go ahead and, and do so. So at some point uh, during this week, I'll go ahead and we'll, we'll make that decision. But uh, next week, uh, whichever uh, way we decide to approach it, so next week, Amir Hashem, we'll begin to see the, uh, the structure of Shmon Esrei. And this is what we've all been uh, working towards, is to get ourselves into that, uh, as we've said, into that into, intimate conversation with, uh, with HaKadosh Baruch Rabbi Jeffel, could you yes. just go over again uh, the three different um, 